Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Simon Peters, and joining me today is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who has over 10 years' experience in the markets. Hi, everyone. Not so bad on yourself. Yeah, good. Good. Good to have you on. So for those that are new to the podcast, it's a simple format, which sees us talking about the main topics in the market. Uh, Well, for this particular podcast, we're going to be covering arguably the biggest topic, which is Brexit. So uh, Henry, I suppose we'll start off by getting your opinions. Um, Thoughts around Brexit, finally leaving the European Union. Well, thoughts around that? It, it, it depends. I voted to stay, but I mean, it's like I got voted out. What was it? It was a fifty-two to forty-eight percent vote. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were leaving. We were leaving Brexit. Is it's and that you know, I mean, that is that happened in two thousand and sixteen. That that is as a long time coming. So four years trying to get to this point where where we're leaving, where we're leaving Europe, and uh, just a bit to let people know that. Uh, we're in Europe for 47 years. Okay, we're part of the European Union for 47 years. So it, it's 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 a bit of a big deal at the present moment that it's it's sort of unprecedented. Um, and I suppose that's why it took so long to to actually exit it properly. Yeah, and any further thoughts on why it took so long to leave? Well, there, there's a few a few big um, factors on that now. One is the referendums in 2016, like I, like I spoke, and, and uh, there was a massive debate on how we were actually going to leave Europe and and uh, when it was when it was going to happen. So in in March 2017, Article 50. I don't know whether you remember. Everyone was talking about Article 50 back then, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was, the deal uh, we were we were leaving. And once that was triggered, they had two years to sort out their 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 differences and get everything trashed out and leave. But then in March, so that was March 2019 when we were supposed to be leaving. But then due to the complexities of, of what's going on and because of the lack of agreement between Europe and Great Britain, that it was actually extended and to, to the end of 2020, which means that we're, we're now at a point. Now, yes, Article 50 was triggered, but what we've seen now is that there's just been after deadlock, after deadlock, after deadlock, and at the present moment, we're we're in deadlock at the present moment as well, and it's what well, we're supposed to be leaving in in eleven or in what was it nine days? Yeah, thirty first of December. Yeah, so it's 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 funny the way it works out. Is it's now the the real winners in all this is the is the negotiators and the solicitors, isn't it? <laughs> they're they're the real winners. As you have the economy has dropped, you have euro economy has got stronger. But the the one that the real winners in this has been the negotiators and the solicitors. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. Uh, before we get onto the effects that it's had on the markets, I mean, for those that are new to Brexit, and you mentioned Article Fifty there, uh, can you provide us a bit of an explanation of what it is? Well, uh, that you, you've asked me a question there now. <laughs> you've asked me to answer something that um, it took months and months for people to to, to understand. But in, in short, look, uh, Article Fifty is a, a, a section that's in the Lisbon Treaty. 
Okay, so now I suppose the next question is, what's the Lisbon Treaty? <laughs> so basically, the Lisbon Treaty is a, an agreement between the member states that they're going to work together and they're not going to they're going to have fair trade. They're going to work as one, and they're they're going to have a European Union for the betterment of of everyone. Uh, and Article Fifty is the exit, the exit strategy. So it's it's like the it's like the exit door, but it's not, it's not actually the exit door. It's it's like the ripcord that you have to pull to walk out the door, and that that was that was what um, Article Fifty is. So it's the ripcord, so they can actually eventually, when they get to the door, that the door will actually open. So it's like the swipe card. <laughs> <laughs> nice explanation there. So moving on to where we are now, um, I've been hearing a lot about talks ongoing between us and the EU um, a lot of it seems to revolve around fish and uh, and uh, you know, f- fishing territories can you sort of provide a bit more of an explanation of what's happening there yeah there's a, there's been a couple of deadlocks and and there, there's two main deadlocks one is the fishing and then the other one is the fair trade um, and they're the they're the two they're the two big ones but yeah fishing is um, fishing is the big one now Fishing is not huge. It's not. It's not a huge industry. It's one of these industries that, that that's dying out, and it's slowly but surely um, dying out. But there, uh, fishing has always been an emotional issue in the UK in relations to the European Union, and it's no surprise that one of the the, the, the last outstanding things with Brexit is is actually the, the fishing industry. So. You mean the fishing arguing about the fishing as a symbolic that they have they have got the upper hands over the likes of Europe and and fisheries out there are looking for to get the I'm not saying the upper hand looking for to get a fair deal. So to put this into perspective is before Europe, before we went into the European Union, um, England had a set of waters that were theirs and they could fish. Okay. There was a common, there was a common ground there of about fourteen miles that where um, Europe were allowed to fish and Britain were about to fish, and then you had European territory. Now, what's happened, or the big sticking point is, is that Britain wants eighty percent of their territory back. They're they're happy to to give away twenty percent of it, but. Europe want to fish all of it bar 20%. So there's a massive, there's a massive disparity between the where Europe want to fish and where Britain want to fish. So Britain want their water back and Europe were, and, and Macron are saying, no, we're not. We want, we want to fish that as well. And that's, and that's where the big, the big argument has come along and that's where the deadlock is. So they're not even close to coming up with a, with a deal. So it, it is way off. Yeah, I suppose fish as well, they, they move with the change in temperature of the water, so they're not always going to be in a single spot each time. They're going to keep migrating into different areas, right? So, yeah, or, or you have a smart fish and you, and you work out who's the worst fishers. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the bad fishers are out. <laughs> no, that's it, exactly. And we've also heard about the single market as well. That, that's also a sticking point. Can you provide our listeners a bit more of an insight into that? Yeah, so the single market is it's literally just a fair trade deal. So it means then that just imagine I had some potatoes um, 
And uh, Simon, you know my affiliation with potatoes. <laughs> um, what was it? Went to Nando's and got a, a chips and mash. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the same time. But yeah, so just <laughs> mis- imagine I had potatoes and I'm in, I'm in Europe and I'm going to sell them. The idea is, is that there's a sort of a set price that we can sell potatoes at in Europe. So it means then that farmers are getting a, a fair deal. You as a consumer are... Are paying not not a premium, but you're you're paying a, a decent price for the for the products, which means then that the farmers are not getting ripped off, and it means then that everyone sort of in Europe then follows that same structure. Now, what ha- what Europe wants Britain to do is sign up to the fair the fair trade agreements. Okay, so the idea then is is that yes, Britain may leave without uh, without a deal, but. Europe still want me to sign this. So it means then that just say, for instance, that um, I am, I'm a buyer and I'm buying potatoes off, say, uh, Europe. And now all of a sudden, Britain are not in Europe. So Simon, you're not in Europe now. And you come along and say, well, Henry, you know what? You're paying 10 quid a kilo for potatoes. I'll, I'll send them to you for seven. All of a sudden then, uh, my bottom line goes up, so I'm delighted. I'm going, yes, absolutely. And then, you know what I mean, you're after, I'm after losing the supplier of Europe, but I'm now supplying, you're supplying me. So it means that I'm getting cheaper. And, and that's one of the things that um, Europe are really, really worried about, that Britain will then uh, flood the market with goods that are, that are much, much cheaper. Now, for the likes of British farmers and stuff, you have... Uh, it could go either way with the scales. It means then that the, the money that they're potentially making from their product products could drop, but also then you could have a, a demand on stuff, which means it could also rise. So it depends on on which side of the coin this this falls on. But that's also the big sticking point. And then also probably the last one, but not as much, is penalties. Okay, that's something they're they're also trying to trash out as penalties because. If you break one of these rules, so just say, for instance, and you're a fisher, you go in and start fishing in French water or European water or the same, France comes over and fishes in, in, in Britain's water, or you break the fair trade agreement, penalties, that's also something they have to, they're trying to work out is, is how much of a fine penalty you will get, what's the, what's the repercussions for you, so on and so forth. So that's, that's also one of the, the major sticking points. But they're, they're as, as a rule, they're the three points, but uh, the big one is fishing, and then the next one down is sort of the, 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 trade, the trade agreement, the fair trade agreement. Very interesting. So I suppose with all this talk around fishing, single market, no doubt it's causing volatility within the markets themselves. So I suppose it's the $64,000 question for <laughs> those listening, you know, investors and traders of the eToro platform, and perhaps those that are looking to take advantage of the uh, volatility we're seeing in the markets. Um, well, firstly, what, what assets should they be looking at? And also what things do they really need? Well, first things first, I suppose the asset that they should be looking at is, is Euro GBP. Okay, so that that is that is the one that's going to be massively affected. Yes, we have we have USD GBP that's also going to move um, massively. But I suppose the biggest one is is Euro GBP because one of two things is going to happen. It's either Britain are going to be the sentiment is that they have left with a good deal, or the sentiment is Britain has left without a good deal. So they're the two outcomes. Okay, now once once the sentiment across the market is is seen. 
traders will then make a decision whether they're looking to go long or short in the market. But before that happens, we have to we have to be abreast of everything. And and one of the things I suppose now is any trader, if you're a currency trader, you have to have someone on Twitter. <laughs> uh, that seems to be where most people are now releasing their news. So um, you have to have like of Bojo, Boris Johnson on uh, on Twitter. Um, and look through there, you also have to have the likes of CNBC opened or CNN or the likes of BBC News. You have to have, because once this news is released, once something comes out, whether it's negative or positive, and it's on these news announcement, the, the market will move. You will have, you will have algorithms um, and quants that are actually scanning scanning all these likes of social media, the news outlets, and once they hear negative news, they will go long or go short, and once they hear positive news, they'll go to go long. And and as a trader, what we're looking at is potentially jumping in on those those market movements. Excellent. I mean, do you have any uh, long term forecasts for? You mentioned Euro GBP. Is, that's one that you're looking at. Because we're currently what zero point nine. Do you think we could get to to parity? Whether you, you know one one euro equals one pound? Well, look, it depends. We have we have a couple of different we have a couple of different outlooks on it. You have um, just just play. We'll sort of play devil's advocate. So, for instance, so just say you have made a decision. Okay, so you've made a decision. You want to get into the market. So whether it's long or short, I I couldn't care less what your what your decision is. But you've come in and you've made the decision. Now you have to make sure that you are risking one percent of your accounts because a lot of people say to me henry well isn't trading isn't it isn't it isn't it risky isn't it you know what i mean the markets could move massively so once a forward so and i hear a lot of people talking about trading x1 or x20 but henry if i use x1 it's less bias less risky you have the same risk it's still leverage you you have the same risk on your accounts the difference is is that um what we should be doing is forgetting about leverage and using one percent of our accounts now it doesn't matter then whether you use X1, X20, X50, X a million, um, because you're still going to lose 1% of your accounts or win 3%. So anyone who has done any of my education will, will sort of know that. But for for me, uh, the 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 area I'm looking for to trade this would be would be long at 0.8869. If it comes down to there, we have a we have a huge level of uh, support and resistance at that particular point. So if it came down to that, potentially be looking for it long. Now, if it broke and retested underneath, then I'd be looking to go short. So um, I have that. That's the level there I'm looking at. But I'd be looking at one or the other. Now, if it's long term trading, we're looking at. I actually do think. Great Britain is going to to prosper from the likes of this because if we look at the uh, what's after happening, we have the GBP has been decimated by the likes of Brexit. It's what was it uh, from one of the podcasts? I think it was it was nearly two trillion that that's been wiped off the economy because of it. We have the likes of coronavirus comes in and it's also obliterated the whole world economy so do i think we're at a point where we will eventually get stronger absolutely i do think once we get back to full capacity it may take a couple of years but i think in the next five five to ten years yes i do expect it to get stronger but then again are you going to hold on to currencies for the next five or ten years Uh, good question so i mean you mentioned the uh 8869 level as uh potential support um if it breaks and we see a retest as resistance it could be then a sign of a, a downwards move i mean f- just for our listeners um those that are new to trading just a quick explanation of support and resistance before we move on yeah so support and resistance so 
support is is like a floor okay so a floor is is it's as the tennis ball hits the floor would expect it to bounce up and then it hits the floor bounce up and then it hits the floor and that's that's exactly what um, support is so it holds it there's pressure so when we're talking about trading whether it's technical or fundamentals there seems to be levels at a particular point where the market reacts and that's where that level has come from. So I've looked at it previously and I've seen that there's a level there and the market has reacted to that. Now, that's, so that's support. Now, resistance is where it's hit its ceiling. It's hit the top, it's come back down. It's hit the top, come back down again. And that's the tennis ball analogy. Again, you throw it up, it hits the ceiling, comes back down. Now, yes, eventually these support and resistance levels will be broken, but if it hits a ceiling, comes down, hits a ceiling, comes down, and then there's a hole in the ceiling. So you throw the tennis ball up, it goes up through the hole in the ceiling, and then it comes back down. So it's now gone up to the next level. Isn't there, isn't there a high probability that the tennis ball will hit the, the floor upstairs and then bounce up again? And that's, so that's where support and resistance comes. So we, and that's called a retest. And if we get a retest on the, the downside of that there, I would be looking to short that. Or if we get a bounce on the upside, I'll be looking to long it. So for me, it's it's not so much about the, the fundamentals. It's when it gets to these levels. So yes, we have fundamentals in it and it'll make a decision. It'll tell us what direction it's going. But then when that fundamentals interacts with some sort of technical that's when I get a really, really good trade. That's when that's when I'm happy to get into the market, when everything sort of lines up. I'm not one of these guys that will just stick my finger in the wind and go, uh, yeah, long today. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not, that's not how we work. And that's, that's why, that's why we have so many people who lose money trading. It doesn't matter whether it's um, um, leverage or it doesn't matter whether it's the underlying asset is because people jump into stuff without knowing what they're doing. Uh, so it's about incorporating the fundamentals with the technicals and I suppose knowing your knowing your tennis balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if you're Roger Federer, you're probably a very good trader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Djokovic or Nadal Murray, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, any of those, yeah, they'd be all good traders, in my opinion. <laughs> Excellent. So well, that's a, a great explanation of Brexit um, and certainly things that you're looking out for in this uh, phase of negotiation trading wise um anything else that people should be watching well look we have um, we have had a, a massive pullback on the on the likes of most of the indices yesterday so uh, on on the on the various groups that i have whether it's whatsapp or it's skype we have everyone oh henry the nasdaq's tanking the dow is tanking henry the FTSE's tanking what's going on well it was all down to the, the new strain of virus in, in the likes of Kent in the UK. So we have the market that massively dropped. And as it was dropping down, okay, there was a really big sell-off on the day. So I think it was down, the NASDAQ was down about 3 or 3.5% three at one stage. And then it came down to a nice technical level. And everyone's talking about, oh, the market's dropping, it's tanking. I'm looking at it going, oh, it's a really nice entry to go long. <laughs> Why? Because it, it came down to a really nice level. So it's called yeah. a phase two. And everyone talks about tanking and to, it, it's all relative to what type of trader you are. For me, it was literally a correction and it was exactly what I wanted. Why? Because look, we were in the middle of the Santa rally and it just gives me a chance to, to get back in again. So um, yes, the likes of the indices, the likes of the stocks had a really, really nice pullback for us all. Uh, anyone who got in and those on, on the potential four hour, you had some really nice entries on that. 
Um, also, we can't go without sort of mention um, the Bitcoin. It is it has gone on from strength to strength. Is that that's that's a little bit more your field than than mine, Simon? Yeah, so twenty four thousand <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah, so will, will it will it say hello or will it will it will it continue going? Will it will it stop in for a chat? <laughs> Uh, we're seeing a bit of consolidation at the moment, but uh, we'll have to wait and see see what happens with the uh, or the wider macros and how that influences price. Yeah, and is it, would you say there is better value at the present moment than some of the altcoins, or or is it is it literally we we're well Bitcoin. at the moment we're we're in unknown territory. You know, we're at all time highs, so who knows how far it can keep going? Whereas some of the alts, we have a uh, a reference point to refer to. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know, yeah. looking at the highs of uh, you know. 2017, late 2017, early 2018 is you know, the, the alts are, are are way off that at the moment. So you, you you've got a a datum to refer to, whereas Bitcoin is, is trading on unknown territory at the moment. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. And, and generally, if if we're going by history, um, once Bitcoin prices has increased and gone to an all time high, then the alts have followed. So you may see the same this time around as well. Um, so would would you would you say that the likes of Bitcoin is a little bit like the dollar index? Um, for the for the likes of the other the other in uh, for the other all kinds, I mean it's certainly the uh, the biggest in terms of market cap. So you know mm. it's sixty five sixty six percent of the overall market cap. So it has a, a huge weighting, and then once Bitcoin goes to significant levels, then some of that liquidity no doubt drips down into larger cap alts, and then from there into smaller cap alts. So the fact that we have seen Bitcoin hit an all time high, we could see some of that liquidity moving into the likes of Ethereum, XRP. Um, maybe some of the other larger alts before drifting down into some of the uh, the lower cap token tokens. And are you someone who would jump in on Bitcoin right now the seconds or like we talked about support and resistance? So we we know that the the previous high on on Bitcoin was twenty thousand one hundred and eighty. So is that are you looking for crypto to come back to that level and then that would be a, a good position to potentially scale in or are you looking to just jump in now? I suppose it depends on your overall outlook. I mean, how long you're prepared to hold or trade for. You know, well, even that, if if you are an investor or a trader, I mean, if you, if you're if you're investing for the next uh, thirty years and planning to hold it for thirty years, then you know the difference between twenty four and and twenty thousand is not potentially a lot. If you know if you're going to dollar cost average in that time as well. Um, whereas if you're a trader, then yeah, like you mentioned, um, when we're talking about euro to the Great British Pound, you're looking for levels of, of uh, potential support, um, pullbacks, and then um, confluence of other technical indicators to to see if that is a, a viable point to, to enter. Yeah, so 20K is, uh, given that it was a previous all-time high, now you've broken it, we could see it come, the, the price come back and test that support, and that may present an opportunity there. It could even break through that completely and, and carry on going down to the likes of 16, 15, maybe even 14,000. We, we have to wait and see. Well, that would be that'd be nice, actually. That'd be that'd be really nice if if the market could do. Can you make the market do that for me, Simon? I can wave my magic wand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, everyone. It's anyone who wants to jump in on the education that we do. You can just stick in eToro Trading School into into Google, or you can go to my um, eToro Trading School um, or my profile, Henry Francis Ward. Uh, and just click on it there or just reach out to anyone. If you have an account with eToro, reach out to anyone and they will point you in the right direction, everyone. But look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for Simon for jumping in for Dylan, who is on holiday. 
damn Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I like how it um, finished off with you asking me the question instead of the other way around this time. But <laughs> you, had to, you had to throw in a bit of crypto then, I suppose, for our, for our listeners. Yeah, it's, like the, it's the one that's moving at the present moment. So <laughs> That's true. But look, everyone, happy, have a happy Christmas. Um, hope you have uh, a lovely new year. Be safe um, and hope you hope you either get to see family or have a, a video call with family and I hope you enjoy the festive season. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Happy Christmas, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.